The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. He didn't want a single thing to change. No, as far as he was concerned, things could just keep going on and on like this forever. That's what Peter thought. And why wouldn't he? People came to Jesus sad and they left happy. Jesus was popular, powerful, a celebrity, really. And so were his disciples. Now, the disciples had spent almost three years on the road with Jesus. In that time, they had come to know him pretty well. He was their teacher, their master, their friend. They would never forget the things they had seen. There was that one time that Jesus had fed a crowd of 5,000 people using somebody's lunch. Or that time where Jesus walked on the water and calmed the storm using only his words. He rescued his disciples. Peter would never forget when Jesus came to his house and healed his mother, cured her of a crippling fever. The disciples would never forget the faces they had seen when leprosy was cured, when a daughter was raised back to life, or when a word of forgiveness found its way into an aching heart. If you would have asked the disciples, they wouldn't have changed a single thing. And so, it was pretty strange what Jesus said about a week ago. Jesus pulled his disciples aside and what he said surprised them. He said everything, everything they knew was about to change. Suddenly, Jesus was talking about suffering, being rejected and dying, and doing it all willingly, it it didn't make sense. This was a wildly different idea than what the disciples had in mind. This wasn't what they signed up for. Why would Jesus give all his glory away? Why give all that up? They had seen what he could do. He could make real change that mattered, and they had a front row seat to all of it. They wanted things to stay the same, And so Jesus' words troubled them. Why the change? About a week later, Jesus took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he went up on a mountain to pray. As Jesus kneels to pray, his disciples are tired from the journey, so they shut their eyes and they start to drift off. But then they wake with a start. They see Jesus kneeling and praying, but something's different. He's familiar, but something about him is unrecognizable. His clothes are are brilliant white, brighter than lightning. His face had completely changed. There was a glory about him that they had never seen before. And then suddenly there were two other men with them on the mountain, standing on either side of Jesus, talking with him. We're told that these two men were Moses and Elijah. Now Moses was God's Old Testament servant who led the the children of Israel. He was the one who gave them the law. 
And then Elijah was this great prophet of old who had preached a message of repentance. Together, the disciples saw Moses and Elijah, and they saw that they represented all the Old Testament scriptures that they had grown up with, the law and the prophets. And here they were, talking with their friend, their master, Jesus. They were at a loss for words. What, what was happening? What was going on? They had seen glimpses of Jesus' glory before. They had seen it in his miracles. They had seen it in his teaching. But not like this. This was new. This was something they could get used to. Think about it. Jesus said that he would say no to all his glory and he would say yes to the path ahead of him. But now it it looked like Jesus had changed his plan altogether. Forget suffering and dying. This was real power, real glory that could conquer any foe. The disciples got to thinking, what if, what if Jesus could just stay like this? And Peter is the first to say it out loud. He's overwhelmed. He can't believe what he's seeing. And all he knows is that he wants this glory to just stay. So he says, let's build a tent. No, wait, three tents. One, one for you, Jesus. One for Moses. One for Elijah. It's, it's perfect. Nothing has to change. He didn't know what he was saying. All he knew is that this was the kind of teacher he had been waiting to follow. One who looked just like this. Not one who would turn toward his suffering and death. He didn't want things to change. But Peter was interrupted. First, there's a cloud that begins to surround the disciples and they start to tremble. And then a voice thunders above the mountain. It says, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. It was too much for the disciples to handle. But just as soon as it had started, the voice stopped speaking. The disciples looked up. Moses and Elijah had vanished. And there was Jesus, their teacher, their friend, just as they had remembered him. I bet as the disciples walked down the mountain that day, Peter had plenty to think about. What had just happened? Why did Jesus show us all that and then hide it again? It didn't make sense. It made Peter question Jesus' plan all the more. Why would he give that up? Why would he change? And then there was the Father's voice still ringing in Peter's ears. Listen to him. What did it mean? You see, Peter didn't want things to change, but he didn't realize just how much he needed to be changed. As Peter struggled to make sense of what happened, he must have had good intentions. He didn't want Jesus, his friend, to suffer and die. He was only being a good disciple. He struggled to understand why his master would hide all his glory and turn toward a road of suffering and death. It didn't make sense to him. He had trouble accepting the plan. Really, Peter was saying that he didn't want 
this kind of savior. He didn't want a savior who looked like Jesus did, who would die in this way. He didn't want a savior whose moment of victory looked like utter defeat. Now, Peter is usually the one who leaps before he looks. He's the courageous disciple, the bold one, but he didn't always get it right. And yet, I'm, I'm still glad Peter was one of the disciples because sometimes I think I'm a lot like he is. He struggled to make sense of things. He wanted Jesus' glory to stay, and who could blame him? Aren't there times in life where it, it feels like it would be easier if Jesus would just show up in the same glory that he did before his disciples today? Wouldn't that take care of all of our problems? Just like Peter, sometimes I forget just how much I needed to be changed by Jesus. And sometimes I forget just what it would take to make that change happen. Sometimes I forget that I needed to be lifted up out of the grave that sin had dug for me. I needed a complete change, a transfiguration of my own in my heart. This had to happen. That's why Jesus had to change. He had to turn and embrace his suffering and death. He had to do it for his disciples. It was a change that required God's own son to shed his blood on the cross. And even if Jesus wasn't the savior that Peter wanted, he was the one he needed. He's the one that you and I needed too. And there were signs that day that proved it. It had to be this way. First, there were Moses and Elijah who spoke with Jesus and showed that all of the Old Testament scriptures confirmed that this had to happen. And when they spoke about Jesus' departure, the word that Luke used is exodus. Now, when, when God's people heard the word exodus, they immediately thought of God's deliverance for his people in Egypt out of slavery. That was the greatest story of God's deliverance for his people. And yet, as they remembered that Old Testament deliverance, Moses and Elijah and Jesus were talking about a new deliverance that was to come. It was Jesus' suffering and death. It was the change that Jesus had told his disciples about just eight days ago. And then there was the Father's voice from heaven. It confirmed everything that had to happen. He spoke from heaven to tell Peter, listen to my son. Accept his plan. Embrace this change that will happen. Now, the last time the Father spoke out of heaven was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, at his baptism. And it, it just shows that even from the start, Jesus' ministry was paved toward the cross. It had to be this way. And the Father reminded the disciples of that. Jesus knew it would be hard to swallow. He knew his disciples would struggle to grasp this. Jesus was their friend, their mentor, but that's why he showed them his glory that day. That's why he showed them this glimpse of who he really is. He wasn't just a man. He wasn't just their teacher. He was the Son of God, armed with glory and power, whose path would lead to another mountain called Calvary. And there he would change everything. 
change us from the inside out. And he wanted his disciples to know that going into the battle, his story wouldn't end at the cross. Instead, three days later, he would rise from the grave, victorious in the fight. So just as the disciples could look back to God's Old Testament deliverance for his people, now they could look forward to this new deliverance that Jesus would bring on the cross. Jesus' transfiguration that day, it showed that he was chosen by God. He was God's chosen one to change everything. But it also set a pattern for all of Jesus' disciples. Jesus wants us to know that before the crown comes the cross. That's just the way it is here on earth. There will be tough days, days when we feel tired, alone, afraid, And I don't know what your cross looks like or how heavy it is, but because Jesus picked up his cross and carried it and died on it, our crosses are light in comparison. We can look at what he did and find the strength to carry our own crosses. We can remember the transfiguration, the glory that Jesus showed, the glory that will one day be ours. The chosen one who fought for us He wasn't defeated on the cross, but he conquered in the fight, and he made changes for us. He changed our status before God. He lived a perfect life, died an innocent death, handed over his own life, gave us the credit. And now as a result, God looks at you and he sees a change in status from guilty to not guilty. We've been completely changed. And by this, God intends for our lives to change to match our status. He sends his spirit to help us say no to sin, to say yes to service. We've been completely changed. And there's a change that is to come, too. We have a changed future because of what Jesus did. We have a home to look forward to, where we will see him just as, our, as his disciples did, with unborrowed glory. We will have glorified bodies of our own like Moses and Elijah. We will be completely changed. So when you look at your life and you see crosses, remember that Jesus carried his cross before he won the crown. If you ever doubt your status before God, remember the Father's voice from the mountain that day. Listen to him. Embrace the changes that Jesus made for you. Now, before we leave the mountain today, there's one small detail we should remember. It comes right at the end of our text. After the voice had spoken and it thundered from the mountain, the disciples looked up. Moses and Elijah had vanished, and there was Jesus, their friend, their teacher, just as they remembered him. Dear friends, look to Jesus. It's in him that we find the victory. It's in him we find the strength to carry our own cross. And it's in him we find all the change that we need. So embrace that change. Amen.